Welcome back to Single Minded. I am your host, Hannah First. And I'm your co-host, Linda. And Hannah, we are still miles away from each other. I'm in the middle of nowhere in, in Sicily and you are? And I am in Melbourne. I've just literally just got back from Lamai Fitness, which was the fitness retreat that I did in Koh Samui in Thailand and had the best time there. So while I was there, it really made me think of you because the fitness retreat has like a restaurant attached to it and has like a spiral staircase that goes up to like an outdoor area and it was raining and I start, you know, I start like, you know, racing up the spiral staircase and the Canadian was like, he's like, Hannah, please look where you're going, watch your feet. And he's behind me making sure I don't slip and fall back because I've had a, I've had a few tumbles this trip. And I was like, oh, my God, you really sound like my mum, don't you? Because it really <laughs> sounded like that's exactly what you – you know when I like smash a plate, you're like, Hannah, watch oh, what you're doing. Please slow, slow down. down. That's what he says to me. Slow down. Look where you're going. <laughs> Anyway, I said, you so sound like my mum. Can you record a little voice note for the podcast so she can listen and react? This is a message for Linda about your daughter, Hannah. I always tell her she's got to be mindful about the steps she takes. She just, her brain just fires up and she just starts moving so fast with those feet and those hands. She doesn't even watch where she's going like a bull in a china shop. Just knocking stuff over. It looks like an injury is going to happen half the time when she moves that fast. I'm glad someone whilst I'm away is looking after you. <laughs> and have you told him all your terrible accident stories? Do you remember? No, your... I, I couldn't remember them. <laughs> so when you were th- maybe three or four, you put your pink jelly shoes on back to front and you're you're with your grandma and you of course tripped over yourself not only falling down cutting your head open but you also pulled her down as well i remember she fell on top of me tripped and fell on top <laughs> like she tumbled with me yeah i was four four raced you to the to the hospital wherever you were on your outing and they Actually, you wouldn't let them go near you were screaming so much. So they didn't know what to do with you. And in the end, I think Dad had to take you to a plastic surgeon. I cannot stand blood or cuts. And her husband, your grandpa, when you were a little bit older, was looking after you. And what did you do? You cut your thumb in our kitchen. I was doing like kitchen. a craft, like some sort of craft project. This was probably eight years later. I was doing like a craft project and I nicked like a little artery or vein, not an artery because that would probably be dead, <laughs> but a vein. And it, mm. I nicked it and it was honestly like a crime scene. Like the blood it's was spurting, so- <laughs> like almost comic. It was almost comical. Like oh. it was spurting up in like um like a like a rainbow shape and thank and goodness he knew what to do yeah he helped he did the pressure and yes I do I do remember that and I had a few tumbles obviously the Kotow incident where I fell at three in the morning mm. and screamed bloody murder and the Canadian you know <laughs> jumps out of bed and he's like what and actually my my elbow still hurts from that tumble. Is is it that you're you're not on your phone? It's just your. I think no. you're thinking ahead about what you're going so, to do, and you just don't concentrate. <laughs> so 
So another, so this was this. It happened again recently. I was like walking towards. So he was watching, and I was walking towards the blinds, and I just wasn't looking, and I just like grabbed the blinds, and I knocked myself in the face and screamed with the my god, like the wooden thing that opens the blind, (laughs) and the Canadian was like stop slow down you just don't he's like you just he says I just I just dive in and I don't actually like you're not thinking not thinking I think you get it from me because when I was eight playing chasey at my friend's house I did I I didn't run through the open door I ran through the plate glass window and actually that was that was a pretty bloody serious accident with 80 stitches and two weeks in hospital yeah that could have been yeah and of course, that actually reminds me really quickly. Have you you don't watch Curb Your Enthusiasm? No, I don't. <laughs> so Larry David is dating Lucy Lou. It's a bit of a weird match, but you know Lucy Lou. Yes. Yeah. So he's he's dating her on the show, and basically he walks into a glass door. <laughs> oh <in> God. <laughs> and smacks his head and falls backwards, <laughs> and Lucy Lou gets the ick so bad like she just gets the full she fully gets the ick and then like is that the end of it yeah that's (laughs) the end of it (laughs) sorry well I just remembered that and then of course I stepped back into a pool tore my Achilles slipped in the rain retore my Achilles it's just and it was and they couldn't because she because she tore the Achilles tendon twice they couldn't that, salvage that's it. That's the end and of she it. Now, she now has a hole in her ankle. And someone said to me on this trip, oh, my God, your legs. I mean, really, they're not great with scars and holes. Scars. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you are like me. Yes, you are. I am. Yeah. I am. So even though this comes out post-grand final, we are recording on grand final. So are you in the spirit of it? Are you down Swan Street no, in Richmond? I don't. I don't even know who's playing. I've made a decision this year that I'm not ashamed anymore, that I don't give a fuck about the football. Like I used to feel like I had to get involved and I had to go and like watch it. I just don't care. So I've just decided, I guess I've been away from Melbourne so long that I just don't care anymore. So I've just said I'm not not participating. And so I'm actually cleaning out my whole house at the moment, clearing out every box, paperwork, clothes. Yes, I saw that on Instagram. I'm very proud of you. But I did say to you, don't throw anything out. No, no, no. I've left it all in bags for you to sort out what what you want to keep, what you want to donate. So we're in a, a, a villa sort of house, kind of in the middle of nowhere, and there are five bins. And I'm Rob said you'll have to stop, but I am getting really cross with Aww. people. So I make daily announcements. There is only one rubbish bin <laughs> and the other four bins are for all the other things. And now they're coming to me like this morning. A girl came to me Aww. with a tea bag and she, no, tea bag wrapper. And she said, sorry, Linda, I don't want to upset you. Where does this go? Oh, <laughs> you're not going to be invited on another holiday if you keep this up. I know. Dad said, I think you're going overboard, but when I find the wrong okay. thing in the wrong bin, I'm, I'm Who furious. <laughs> Who did this? And then they go, it wasn't me, it was so-and-so. But we are having a grand final BBQ and we are turning the football on apparently at midday and I will be lying by the pool. Yeah, just like me. 
We mm. are not ashamed that we don't care about the grand final. No. So on today's episode, I'm speaking to my friend Shanti. She has just done like a really big life change and it's just a really, she's just got a really interesting story and she's got some really amazing plans. So I thought it might be inspiring for anyone thinking of blowing their life up. (laughs) So (laughs) we'll get into the interview and then Linda, you'll be back after. So today I'm joined by my friend Shanti. Maybe you can give everyone a little bit, you've probably seen her on my Instagram, but you can give people a bit of an overview of who you are and what you've been up to. Who am I? That's a really big question. Well, you you talk about a bit about your time. You've been at Adore Beauty. Yeah, so Hannah and I met through Adore and I started there as a marketing assistant many, many moons ago, um, about 10 years ago. And worked my way up to head of creative and campaign strategy, which was my last role at Adore. Recently, I just resigned. So I am now a free agent. But Hannah and I have been friends since she started at Adore, which was how many years ago? Four years ago. Four years ago now. Four years ago. There you go. So um, we're not going to talk about Adore or about work or being a career woman because Shanti is quite the career woman. We're talking about the complete opposite. (laughs) My sister calls what you did blowing up your life. So you ended your engagement, you quit your job and you packed up your apartment to go traveling. Why did you decide to make such a drastic life change? Yes, it definitely feels like I'm blowing up my life. That is very accurate. <laughs> and you're you're 37. I'm 37. Yeah. 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 I'm 37. Over a year ago, I was in a seven-year relationship, very much in love, and we obviously were going through some issues. I don't want to go into too much detail because it's still very private to me, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't working and it hadn't been working for a while. So... I was very unhappy and I just didn't see a way forward. I tried many things and I just couldn't see that there was a way out other than ending the relationship. So I ended it and soon after I just threw myself into work and work was my focus Mm -hmm. and that's kind of how I've always dealt with things is just to focus on something else, which has generally been my job to get me through. And then I came up to 10 years this year and I'm still single. I've dated. I've definitely gone on the apps and I've been dating. Um, I've dated two people in that time. And I just wasn't, um, I guess, it wasn't successful, obviously. That's why I'm still single. I would call it all. I'd call the whole experience. We'll get into the the dating, but I would say you were very successful. I mean, I was successful in that I found some really interesting people to get to know. Mm -hmm. But I think I just realized that I'd gotten up to 10 years. I was still single. I don't have children. I don't have a mortgage, but I'm very like fortunate to have a job that was really well paid and I, I'm really good at saving. So I was like, I've got my long service leave. I've got all this time. You also had a lot of annual leave. Yes, a lot of How- annual leave because <laughs> I hadn't gone on I hadn't gone on a holiday in a long time. So, you know, my annual leave combined with my long service leave gave me roughly about five months of paid leave. And I just thought to myself, now's the time. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything tying me 
down right now and I'm never going to have this opportunity again. So, Mm. you know, being fortunate enough to be able to travel for five months and have it be paid is incredible. You've worked hard, Shanti. Don't downplay that. (laughs) I don't know a harder worker than you. Do you think that because you finished up a week ago, that was your last day at a door. Do you feel that you've lost any part of your identity? Because you were very much, you've been with the door for 10 years. Like, how do you feel one week after leaving? I feel fine. I feel <laughs> relief. <laughs> I feel um, I feel happy. I feel excited. I, oh. I just, you know, 10 years is a long time. And I think that chapter had definitely closed and nothing bad, but just it was done. And it was, I guess, a point for me to go, okay, that's done. Relationship wise, I'm, I'm not tied down. This is the time for me to make a move. And so I did it. Would you call yourself a workaholic? I definitely was a workaholic. Yeah. Lots of. Because you were always online. Always. Yes. How do you think you're going to adjust to never having to be accountable to anyone for the next five months? I think it's going to be hard. I think, (laughs) you know, I've spoken about it with you and I think it's going to take some adjusting. It might take a couple of weeks. It could even take a month for me to really unplug and not be like Mm. I need to have something to do today. Yeah. Because I've just always woken up and I've had a to-do list. So I think it's going to take some adjusting, but I've got five months. So I think think I'll get there. So let's get on to the sort of breakdown of the relationship. So what was it like becoming single again after seven years? Like dating must have changed a lot. So funnily enough, my ex-fiance and I actually met on a dating app. It was um, oh, RSVP back in the day. Oh, back in the day. That's a <laughs> lot. Yeah, a long time ago when RSVP was a thing. And it was back when you never told anyone that you were online dating because yes. it was just frowned upon. Now it's weird to meet someone in real life. Now yeah. that's weird. People are like, what? Where did you meet? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So back then, you know, we didn't tell anyone that we'd met on RSVP except for our very close friends. But, you know, going back into the dating game after so many years, I'm, you know, in my late, mid to late 30s and the two men that I did actually end up dating since I broke off that relationship, um, both had children. Mm-hmm. One had teenagers and the other had toddlers. And it was just a reality of dating. I've never dated anyone that has children before. And mm. it's just a different experience. You know, there's different priorities that you have to put into play and availability and time isn't something that is as, you know, readily available to you. So you just mm. kind of work around it. But yeah, I think dating, I tend to go for older men anyway. So guys that I was dating are in their 40s, you know, mid to late 40s. Do you think they have, are there like, is there, because I don't, I haven't really dated anyone in their 40s. How are they different to guys in their like 20s or 30s? <laughs> well, one one was divorced. The other had just come out of, or had come out of a very long-term relationship where obviously he had two children. It's just it's almost like they're born again. It's like mm. these men, they're, they're trying to find themselves as much as I'm trying to find myself. Mm-hmm. It's kind of this strange discovery phase where it's like, you know what? I want companionship and friendship and, and passion. Mm. And I think it's less, maybe it's less transactional as when you're younger, mm. where it's just like one night stands and 
You know what I mean? I felt that you were being a bit more wined and dined, I would say, than I had experienced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think maybe, maybe, yeah. They're, they're <laughs> you basically got into a relationship <laughs> the first date. So she'd been in a relationship for seven years. She broke up with her partner, came to Dalesford like the day of on like a girl's trip. And we heard like the whole story. And then literally she, her first date post like getting over that breakup that ended up being a boyfriend. It was insane. How quickly. It was pretty crazy. (laughs) Yeah. It was pretty crazy. I mean, it, (laughs) it lasted, I think roughly three months, Mm -hmm. but it was, an experience, that's definitely for sure. <laughs> I learned about love bombing. That was a new thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've got an episode on love bombing. Yeah, learned yep. about that. <laughs> yeah. I know I listened to it after the fact because you're the one that told me about it. I was like, why is this guy doing this? Like he was like, he said, I love you after like two weeks and you're like, oh, my oh. gosh, have you heard of love bombing? <laughs> <laughs> Something I did want to tell you is I actually said to my therapist, I don't know if I've told you this. I think I have. I told my therapist, I was like, cause I was having such a hard time on dating apps and such a hard time mm-hmm. trying to like connect with people on dating apps. And I said to him, I'm like, my friend Shanti is just, it's so easy for her. She literally goes on dates and like has instant connections with everyone. I was like fully complaining about how easy it seemed. Cause you've been in a relationship and you just went, oh my God, just like, it's like no time had passed and you were just like really natural at dating apps, even though it had been seven years. So from my perspective, I I was seeing you have a lot of success on dating apps. So what do you put that down to? I mean, I wouldn't say it's success because I'm obviously still single, but I get what you're coming from. I get where you're coming no, from. No, but you, you really had fun. You had a lot of fun. No, I did. Oh my God. Yeah, definitely. And I think to me, regardless of, you know, the amount of relationships I've been in and they've always been really like long-term relationships. I don't have any cynicism about relationships. I'm still really hopeful. And I think, I think after a while you can, you can get quite cynical about, yeah, yeah, bitter and sour. And I've, I've never been that way. I think I've always been ultimately very curious and I'm, I'm someone who really likes to get to know someone. And I think the the first, you know, few months of dating is so exciting because you're learning about someone who's gone from being a stranger to someone who you might speak to every day. And it's such an exciting time. And so. Do you think that hopefulness came across? You were very positive and hopeful and that may have like really come across on dates. You were just, I was watching it. You were just so, and I I was like, she hasn't dated in seven years. What's going on? You just seemed very relaxed, comfortable, and you were very like open-minded, I would say, to the whole experience. Yeah, definitely. I think open-mindedness, curiosity, and hopefulness Mm. is just, yeah, Mm. they're the, the main things. Oh, and the other thing is you're very, you have a very specific type and you only you kind of you only match with your type and they all look the same so like I remember oh Shanti God. showing us like can I say this she show us <laughs> yes. like all the guys she was chatting to on on hinge or bumble and they'd all look the same <laughs> <laughs> so maybe also that helps yeah I think so yeah. I mean I've got a very distinct type and everyone jokes about it we have a good laugh but I mean once our friend our good friend Alex said to me literally same guy, different font. 
that's who you date. And that's physically, obviously, but they've all had different personalities. Yeah, I've definitely got a type, Hannah. <laughs> yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> so on to like work, you were at Adore for 10 years and you decided to quit and you have no job lined up, but you obviously have leave saved up and savings. Was that something that took a long time to consider or did you just like wake up one day and say like, nah, I don't even want to look for enough. Cause at one point you were looking for other jobs. Like what made you decide to actually just go, nah, I don't want to get another job. I want to take some time. You know what it was? And I was, I was very honest with my manager. I was like, I want to move on and I want to take a break. Like I want to, as in, end my employment with the door. And we spoke a lot about like, where would I go next? And like, um, what kind of company would I work for? And what kind of position would I be after? And we did a lot of work on that. And yeah, I was looking for jobs, but I didn't see anything that was catching my eye and nothing that was calling me. Well, was it more about the, maybe what I, this is how I felt was like, I felt sick at the thought of having to go from like one intense job to another intense job. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the fact that I couldn't find anything that was really like, this is my next venture, mm-hmm. obviously it was a bit of a roadblock. So I'm like, there's nothing that out there right now. But then also I just kept thinking, I've got this long service leave. Why not take that break? Why not actually just recharge? Because I have been working really hard and I need to, I kind of needed to stop. I mean, to be really honest with you, mentally and physically, my health was really bad. Mm-hmm. And so I had found myself in a bit of a downward spiral when it comes to my health. And I knew that if I just went straight into another job, it wouldn't help that. So do you think that was somewhat related to being burnt out? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, Shanti, you work really too hard. I'll be honest. (laughs) You're so good at what you do, but you work really hard. Like if I come round for like a snack or like a cheese platter, like your your computer's still on. <laughs> I think you know what, and it's that whole thing of like, and my my mother says this to me all the time. Even as a child growing up, if my personal life was in a shambles, I would devote myself to my schoolwork, and I would mm, absolutely excel at my schoolwork. And I've always been that way. So when my personal life is in a shambles, which to be honest, it's been, it's been consistently in a shambles for a while. Work is my whole, yeah, I devote my attention to work. So how do you feel now you're going to have nothing? You're just going to have to sit. How's that feel? Yeah. And well, that's the thing. I mean, that's really what I need to be doing right now. I think mm. to me, the fact that my mental and physical health was in a really bad place was a bit of an instigator and kind of a, it's such a good compass when you know that if you do X, it's going to impact you negatively, both mentally and physically. So you need to do something different. And it really was what woke me up. I mean, the last thing that happened to me physically, which was quite scary, is that I actually got diagnosed with alopecia. So Mm. my hair started falling out and I've literally got a bald patch on my Mm. head because, you know, my diet was so poor and the levels of stress in my body were so high. So Mm. there's little things where your body, your body's actually screaming out for you to change your lifestyle and change your priorities. And I realized I was so focused on work, so focused on trying to find someone to be my life partner Mm. that I wasn't actually filling my own cup. Like I wasn't feeding Mm. myself. 
Yeah. And so now I've got five months and really I don't have that distraction of work. I can't focus on work. Self-discovery. Yeah. I'm going to try really hard to focus on me for once because yeah, yeah, I've always kind of looked to other things to fill my cup. Mm. Yeah. And you're taking five months off. What's the sort of plan over the next five months? Because you've packed your apartment up. I'm currently packing. Yeah. Mm. So I'm in the midst of packing up my apartment. But look, there's really no plan, which is probably a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, the good thing is I can do whatever I like and, mm-hmm. and whatever calls me, I can I can focus on. The bad part, and it's not a bad part, but it's bad for me because I'm such a planner. Mm. And <laughs> yeah. like I said, I've always had a to-do list. So it's like not having a plan, not knowing what the next five months looks like in great detail with a timeline and a to-do list is quite disorientating for me. What's your current, like now that you're not working, like what's your current um, like schedule like? like? Yeah, what does your day look like? I mean, I sleep better and I sleep more. Oh, that's so good. Is, I knew that yeah. would happen. Yeah. Yeah, because I was quite, like I had insomnia, like chronic insomnia mm. for many years. So I'm sleeping better. I'm spending a lot of time with my friends, mm. catching up with people that I don't get to see all the time obviously like planning my trip. So just recently booked the first leg of my journey with a friend of mine. It's just a really relaxed kind of day to day. Yeah. Mm. The day really, having done that, the day does disappear, but the day goes slower. Like I find time goes much slower when you're not stressed out at work all day. I feel strangely enough, I feel, I feel more productive. Like yesterday I went through all of like you know, my files and my paperwork and like, yeah, it's just like this endless spring cleaning that you do with your gut, mm. you know, <laughs> when you've got the time, you're like endlessly spring cleaning your life. So you are in your mid to late 30s, 37. And from what I can see from the outside, like it feels like your life is just beginning. That's what I see. Is that how you feel? I think so. I, like okay. I said, you know, when I was dating, when I was dating, um, these men who were coming out of marriages or really intense relationships with children, it was like they were born again. And that's honestly Mm. how it feels. It's like, I have nothing but myself to focus on right now. And I've got a world, literally a world of opportunity and financially I'm stable and I've been able to work really hard to get to that place. Mm -hmm. And so now it just feels like there's just so much possibility and Mm. anything could happen. Anything could happen. You also don't seem like something I've noticed is you don't seem like phased by like the usual late thirties, mid to late thirties pressures. Is that how it feels or you still, you still feel a bit of pressure? No, I definitely don't feel pressure. I mean, and that's, I know that's an odd thing to say because a lot of us do, Mm -hmm. you know, not, not having kids, you know, at the very last stages of my relationship, you know, my seven year relationship, we were trying to have a baby. We were doing IVF, Mm -hmm. but I honestly think that those types of things just, it didn't happen for me and it didn't happen for me for a reason. Mm. And I've never been incredibly maternal. Mm -hmm. I've never had that want, that really deep want to be a mother I always mm. thought it would happen if it was meant to happen. So I, I don't have that expectation naturally or, you know, organically. So that hasn't been something that's worrying me, which I know it does worry quite a lot of women in their late mm. 30s. Well, I think it's interesting because I don't I don't feel that like 
deep desire either. I'm not saying that I won't have kids, but when you don't feel that deep desire, it's almost, it is sort of easier to not worry about it as much because if you if that's something that you really really want it would be it would be quite stressful getting to your late 30s and like it hadn't happened yet Mm. hugely and the the thing for me is I want to find my my ultimate goal isn't to be a mother my my ultimate goal is just to be happy in myself and Mm -hmm. that's my number one priority right now so yeah I love that. So what excites you most about being single and unemployed? Like usually we have very negative connotations on being (laughs) single and unemployed, but you seem really excited about it. What's the most exciting thing about it? I was thinking about this because I'm like, when I start dating, like if I start dating again while I'm traveling. Oh, you also, you're also homeless. Single, homeless, and unemployed. <laughs> I know, like, what if, when I start like dating, when we tra- like when I travel, if I meet someone, I'm going to be like, so I'm in between jobs and I don't live anywhere. They're just going to be like, are you? <laughs> no, I I think it's amazing. I, I'm the opposite. I think it's I think it's super exciting. A very nomadic feeling. <laughs> yeah, and I think the people that know me, they know that I've worked really hard. They know that you, you know it's not like I'm not trying. It's just a, a phase in my life where I just need to kind of unplug and unwind. But um, I <laughs> I think it's going to be interesting because, like you said, one of the first things someone asks you when you start dating is like, what do you do for a living? Or yeah. where do you live? Like what side of town do you live on? And yeah. it's like, okay, these, these answers to those questions are going to be so different now. Like mm. I can't rely on my job as part of my identity because it's no longer there. Yeah. On the job though, I wanted to ask, do you think having all this time off might reprioritize work in your life? Because you've had very high, you've had a very quite a stressful high up position at a publicly listed company. Like, do you think there might be a shift in the priority that work has in your life? I think so. I would like to think so, especially given the impact it's had on my health. I think, yeah, Mm -hmm. definitely, definitely. I can imagine you in something highly creative because you're a, you're a true creative at heart. Yeah, I love creative. Creative is what keeps me going and it's what inspires me. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, my next role definitely has to be creative. Mm. And are you hoping for some holiday romance? <laughs> of course I am. Of course I am. <laughs> It's so funny because I keep seeing these TikTok videos of these girls like going away overseas, you know, traveling alone. And then it's like met this really handsome Dutch guy or met this German guy and like spent the next 10 weeks just traveling, which Hannah, that happened to you. That happened to me. That happened to, I highly recommend it. Yes. (laughs) It's not like you can orchestrate it. They'll sound like I'm going to land in another country and be like, okay. Who can I find? It's just something that happens naturally, right? Well, you can you're so you're so good at the apps. You'll be on the apps and you'll you'll <laughs> be going on like really romantic dates in Paris and like I can just imagine you doing that for sure. Oh, I'll let you know. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> I'm so excited for you and I hope for anyone listening um like I I think the moral of this story is like it's never too late to start again. Like if you're not happy and your life is impacting your health, it's never too late to like start again. Definitely. And I think it's, 
your body and your mind will tell you when enough is enough and Mm -hmm. you just have to listen to it. You have to listen to it and take it seriously because you only, you only get this chance once in a lifetime. So, and you only have one body, you only have one mind. So take care Mm -hmm. of it. Oh, thanks Shanti. Thanks Hannah. Thanks for having me. Hopefully see you in Thailand. (laughs) Definitely. So, Linda, what did you think? Oh, so, Linda, <laughs> what did you think? Well, I I know Shanti. I love Shanti. Actually, she looks like she's having a great time in New York. New York. Still, yep. yes. Bali and then New York. She's still in New York. Yeah. Yes. And I've never blown up my life, but I think what, <laughs> she, what, what well, I haven't, but I think what she's done sounds very exciting and yeah. I sort of was thinking the only thing I've ever done that came close to that was when we, we've spoken about it before, we left Australia you for did. six months. Yeah, you kind of did. When you kids were little yeah. and we travelled, but it was only a short time and we came back to our life, our home, our business but we were judged definitely by family members that mm. for doing something that seemed really radical at the time, but it kind of seems a bit tame now because it wasn't open-ended. <laughs> and just one other little thing she was talking about, her relationships, and I was thinking we've discussed it before, but I don't think you should look at short relationships or even long ones that don't last as being failures. I just see it as part of the journey. So Shanti had a successful seven-year relationship and two further successful short-term relationships. (laughs) (laughs) So Shanti's done it a bit differently to me. She basically had all this leave saved up. So she's basically doing it through her saved up leave from, you know, so many years. Well, she'd have long service leave as well. Nice long break. Yeah. And so, but for me, I did a little bit differently because I left for Thailand in late December. So I basically was gone for, what was it? Seven months I've been away. Wow. Around seven months. But the way I did it was like I had just more sporadic work here and there plus the Adore podcast and then obviously the cost of living in Thailand is so much less. Oh, my God, Linda. I got two small coffees for $13 yesterday. It was a public holiday. I know. I know. They've gone up. And and I was drinking uh, – the Canadian would get coffee every morning, $1.50 for two coffees in Thailand. I, I just can't know. come to terms with it. So that's how I did it. And now that I've come to the end of my basically nine months of, of – Sort of working sporadically, but well, you know, you've changed things up. Yeah, just just a complete change and getting into fitness, and I obviously met someone and all that sort of stuff. I would say the only thing is, I really like the way that you said you felt judged. I sometimes did feel that though, like people must think, what the hell are you doing? Like, why are you take? you know what I mean? Like I always felt yes, like I had how to. how can you afford it all? Yeah. Like I always felt like I had to justify to people like, oh no, I, I work like freelance and like, you know, I do, I, I came back to Melbourne and had three months and did those speed dating events. And I actually did quite a lot of work in that three months and then went off again. But mm. I did feel this like perceived judgment of other people. Yes. And all, you're and not- all 
always felt like I was justifying like why I'd been away for so long. Mm. But then it was weird because people would message me on Instagram and I thought people were like, they were watching my stories and being like, oh my God, I can't believe she's still there. But people actually were messaging me and saying like, oh, I've loved all this content. And then I was like, it must just be me judging myself. Judging yourself about yeah, what you perceive you should be doing. What I should be doing. Mm. But I still had the best time. And I think that if you if you can do it, I don't think I would have maybe gone. I don't know if would I have gone for so long if I hadn't then like had someone to travel around with. I don't know. I'd, I probably would have had to have more of a base in one place and like make connections in that one place because traveling around on your own constantly – you can't sort of like meet people like in Chiang Mai I had girlfriends that I went for coffee went for lunch would go to the gym with like when you're in one place you can like actually meet people Mm. anyway we will see you in two weeks you know I still won't be home in two weeks believe it or not oh okay we'll have to record (laughs) remotely shit okay I'll be somewhere else If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything. 